This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. All you have to do, dial in toll-free, 855-453-free, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Uh, we will share with you there the various features of the site. The major feature allows you to actually control the content. You find something online you want to share with Free Talk Live, meaning the host of the show and also those listening and viewing the website. Uh, Drop by freetalklive.com. Submit whatever you want as show prep. It will then appear on the upcoming stories page. And it must receive a certain number of votes in order to make it to the front page of the site. So go get interactive at freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. And we have John- and Johnson John- <laughs> and Mark. Johnson's uh, still a little I'm rusty not used at this. To, well, I'm not. No, I'm not used to the order change. Normally, uh, normally, Mark. Used to- Mark's always gone last. Um, are you always last? Okay. I fought for the last position. Okay. He feels like La- it makes him more important uh, when he goes last because it's the last name you hear. And it, uh, I, it is sort of the order of the table too. Yeah, sure, that absolutely works. But yeah, last clockwise. Th- yeah, it is clockwise around the yeah, table. Last time I was on, I was definitely the last. I was the Ann Johnson at the end. You're so. back <laughs> in uh, now, and that's because you've made the move to New Hampshire after a number of years. Uh, you, for those who are longtime listeners of the show, they remember you. You were on uh, weekly, on a weekly basis uh, for a number of, I don't know, years back in right, Florida. Yep. And uh, that's where we all kind of come from. And then you moved up in the uh, between Florida and New Hampshire, kind of part way to Connecticut for a little right. while. Went, went Had to, to take care of bit. stuff. And now you're here. So welcome back to Free Talk Live. It's good to be back, you know. And uh, well, I mean, we were when we were back down all in Florida. I mean, you know, we talk about the Free State Project. I mean, that's that's when the the vote occurred. Is you know we all voted in in Florida, and so what did you vote for? Oh, New Hampshire. Okay, <laughs> all of us. Yeah, okay. know, all of us voted for New Hampshire. I didn't sign up until after the vote took place. Really, I was a proponent really? of Delaware because it was the southernmost state <laughs> of the the lists. It's also apparently the most economically free of all of uh, the fifty states, according yep. to a recent. Public, uh, publication. I have uh, seen that too, and so I, th- I didn't think that Delaware was a pe- was a terrible choice, but it didn't it it didn't have the 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 momentum that New Hampshire had. I don't know where it finished out on the the ranking because there were ten different states uh, from which to choose with it the wasn't free state first project. Or second, and that was no, the vast I, majority of the votes. I think it was uh, New Hampshire and Wyoming, and then Alaska, but I'm not positive on on three. So here's a question in, in terms of growth of of principles. Ian, did you have an opt out state? No, I did not. So you did not have it. Okay, so there, at least that hasn't changed. I did. I had an opt-out state. Which one was, was yours? Alaska. 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 <laughs> I was uh, certainly considering Alaska as an opt-out state. But Alaska's, I mean, if you study it, it's got some darn warm spots. There, yeah. there are spots in Alaska warmer than New Hampshire. Actually, I, I think the coolest thing about Alaska would be to be in places where there's like, you know, almost 24-hour sunset for one period of year. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Or when it's like Till light you out until, you know, 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Those yeah, a lot of people have tough time with that stuff. The uh, what do they call it? Sad seasonal yeah. affective disorder, where if there's not enough sunlight, uh, I mean, this is something you, I didn't even know existed down in Florida. But if there's not enough sunlight, then some people go kind of crazy. Yeah, like yeah. axe murdering kind of crazy. What? It's not good. No, yeah. I've not heard of that. I, I've heard you just get depressed. I mean, you, you serotonin. Some people get D pretty depressed, from what I understand. Yeah. And it doesn't affect me, but uh, I don't mind it being dark outside. So, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything here, and you can take control of the airways. As usual, there's a lot in the news to discuss. Big news today, of course, is the 
Washington cannabis legalization status. It is now officially legal, according to the Associated Press. The crowds of happy people lighting <laughs> joints under Seattle's Space Needle. I thought they weren't allowed to smoke outside. They're not. <laughs> Early Thursday morning, with nary a police officer in sight, bespoke the new reality. Marijuana is legal under Washington state law. Hundreds gathered at Seattle's center for a New Year's Eve-style countdown to 12 a.m. when the legalization measure passed by voters last month took effect. It's hilarious that they are Celebrating the legalization measure (laughs) by smoking in a method that is not legal. I love it. When the uh, the clock struck, they cheered and sparked up in unison. A few dozen people gathered on the sidewalk outside of North Seattle headquarters of the annual Hemp Fest celebration and did the same, offering joints to reporters and blowing smoke into television news cameras. I felt like a kid in a candy store, shouted HempFest volunteer Darby Hagman. She said, "It's uh, it's all becoming real now. Washington and Colorado became the first states to vote to decriminalize and regulate the possession of an ounce or less of marijuana by adults over 21. Both measures call for setting up state licensing schemes for pot growers, processors, and retail stores. Colorado's law is set to take effect by January 5th. Technically, Washington's new marijuana law does forbid smoking pot in public, which remains punishable by a fine, as drinking in public uh, is also illegal. But pot fans wanted a party, and Seattle police weren't about to write them any tickets. And kudos to the police for, uh, you know, backing down. Exercising discretion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Using discretion in this case and letting folks just enjoy a smoke outdoors. I mean, the idea that marijuana is legal, but it's illegal to walk down the street and, and enjoy a joint or sit in a park or, you know, stand on a street corner or wherever and enjoy some cannabis is ridiculous. And and hopefully they'll continue in this, but I doubt it. You'll probably end up seeing, I guess I'm just a pessimist when it comes to the police. You'll probably end up seeing them picking off people one by one because they're not going to hit a crowd full of people on this particular event. But if, you know, in two weeks, some guy's on the street corner and a cop sees it happen, maybe then we'll sees see some enforcement. Happened, though? See someone smoking a joint well, or I mean, a bowl or something? A joint, a joint is what? A hand-rolled cigarette? That's correct. A lot of people smoking hand-rolled cigarettes these days. Sure, but it, a joint has a certain distinct odor that uh, will yep. definitely alert a police officer to the presence it of marijuana. Does. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the police continue to take this uh, use discretion approach, and I hope that if people get hit with fines, they refuse to pay them, and then eventually they just give up so, entirely. Let me ask you this, though. If a police officer believes they smelled marijuana, do you have to give them your hand-rolled cigarettes so that they can determine whether it's marijuana in it? That's an excellent question. And I don't, you know, I'm not a police officer, so I'm not going to speculate on that answer. I, I guess think I'd that- turn on the camera and say I refuse to give you this uh, this joint and if he uh, demands it in some way or another you can turn it over but um, then you can use it as uh, use it in your case they hmm. used to make it so that a, uh, there are court cases that show that if a officer believes he smells marijuana they can use that to enter a residence so i would guess i would, I would guess, guess it would be a probable cause for a search of that whereas in my case when i was arrested for an open container well i was arrested for having what appeared to be a beer uh in the city council meeting the actual charge ended up being disorderly conduct because it was not, in point, point of fact, actually a beer. But they didn't uh, but know whatever it was, did they? They wanted to search the, uh, the bottle. It was a brown bottle. It had a label on it that said, not a beer. <laughs> uh, but they still wanted to search it, and he couldn't take it from me because he didn't have probable cause. I wasn't you know, stumbling around. I didn't have the smell of alcohol on my breath that was obvious or anything like that, and he couldn't claim that I did, or I suppose he could have claimed, but he didn't. It would have been great if he did, but were any of the not highly they didn't. Yeah, were any of the bottles labeled not a beer? Actually, beer. One of them was. Okay. 
One. Yeah, one of them. Somebody's um, telling a lie. <laughs> I believe so. I believe okay. so. Um, but it was not me. And so let's see. So yeah, he arrested me for disorderly conduct. And and so he could not search it because he did not have the probable cause. But I suspect that the smell of it would be if you're a law enforcement officer in Washington and you'd like to clarify what exactly, you know, your parameters are as far as how you would be able to operate. Die in to hand out a ticket for a joint public, I guess. Would love to hear from you at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. So this is great news. I mean, this is a big day for the cannabis legalization movement. This is this is huge. I mean, this is what people have been waiting for for decades yeah people thought in the 1970s that it was going to be legal toward the end of the decade they felt like they had the momentum that it was happening that it was going to be legalized it never happened and now finally you know 1996 california passes uh, by referendum a tremendous uh semi you know legalization measure that is medical cannabis ended up being that pretty much anybody with uh, some pain could go to the doctor and get some pot but it still wasn't full-on legalization it took another 15 years to get to the point of having one state or actually in this case two but washington's the first to go into effect to have one state actually legalize it. I think what's really interesting to me is that watching these, you know, the national opinion polls that it just has the, the opinion polls it's just past 50%. It was 58% actually. It's 58. gone up. It's another it's a new record. 58% supporting full on legalization. It must have jumped hugely in the past couple of years. Well, that's no, or that's very strange. Just in the last few months probably because yeah. of the the this referendum passing. 855-450 free the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control here. Share your thoughts. Maybe you're in Washington state, you want to share your observations. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rots network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. is free talk live take control of the airwaves here toll free at 855-450-FREE that's 1-855-450-3733 you can join us online head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we share with you there once again freetalklive.com with you in the studio tonight it's ian here and johnson and mark all right so we'll continue we'll take your calls about whatever you want and then maybe tell you some more about what happened last night and what is happening uh today as washington state becomes the first of 50 to legalize cannabis. It's not all the way legal, but it at least is legal under an ounce for most adults and I think all adults, actually. So we can tell you more about what uh, what was happening there last night. But Steve is on the line in North Dakota. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Steve. Hey there. Uh, so I wanted to talk about this uh, for a Hello? There, there's a criticism... Hello, can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Go ahead. Oh, good. I'm sorry. It's not, sometimes the connection is funny out here in the country. Um, so anyway, th- there's some kind of charity up there in Keene, run by libertarians, I believe for the homeless, right? 100 Night and, Shelter? Um, 
Uh, I'm not sure. Is there are there, two uh, uh, charities that have been discussed on this program. One is Shire Sharing. That was started by a Free State Project participant, uh, Amanda not Bolton. Not in Keene, but in New Hampshire. Right. And then there's also wow. 100 Nights, which is not run by a – I don't know if he's – I don't know if he would call himself a libertarian. I, I know he open carries a firearm, and he's a pretty cool guy. His name's Don Primrose, but uh, I don't know if he – I don't know him well enough to say uh, whether or not he would be a libertarian. Okay. It is Shire Sharing that I'm thinking of. Okay. And, Apparently there was a criticism of it up there where some some of the more maybe left-leaning, I would guess, locals said, oh, you know, this is just libertarians trying to pretending, you know, pretending as if they're charitable uh, <laughs> to sort of try to obscure their, their yeah. true, you know, selfish beliefs or something like that. And, you know, this is really annoying to me, and, and this is kind of a difficult conversation for me because I'm not used to tuning my own horn. I don't do it a lot. But I think that people in general are giving. I agree. I think Americans, I've been in 30 different countries around the world, and from what I've seen, I think Americans specifically are, are giving more, I think, than the average, you know, uh, people out there. Maybe that might be my uh, xenophobia talking. I don't think it is, though. Uh, and I think that people who believe less in government aid are more, and that it would be libertarians and, and some conservatives. Uh, are are more giving than other people, and and and, and me. I've heard that before, but I don't know if it's really true. I don't. I don't know either. I'm guessing, and I'm admitting well, that I'm guessing. But as for me, I don't think I'm unusual. And here's here's a little bit about me. Okay, I've gone to the homeless shelters not on holidays, uh, but because you know that if you talk to the homeless shelter people or the food bank people, they'll complain. You know, they'll try not to complain, but what they'll say is they'll say, look. It's really great that during Thanksgiving and Christmas you guys focus on us, but we we actually need help all year round. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's every news story they'll they'll say that. Well, so what we did was we started feeding the homeless. Well, I haven't done it in a while. I've been busy with this oil oil drilling business out here, but that's what we started doing. About you know once every uh, few months we go down there and help feed the homeless. Um, Whenever I'm at the store, if they say, do you want to donate a dollar or whatever to this, I've already got my wallet out before they've even got the words out of their mouth. Um, you know, and, and uh, this earthquake that they had recently, uh, I gave uh, all kinds of money for that, hundreds of dollars for that. Like I said, it's a very difficult conversation for me to have because I don't, I don't, catalog, I don't catalog this stuff. So that I can repeat it later, so I can show what a great guy I am. Sure, right here I've got a, I've got a soundbite for you. You know why socialists don't give very much to charity? Because they don't believe anybody should earn more than they need. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. How could they possibly give to charity? So <laughs> they don't have anything. They don't have anything. They have only what they need, right? To each according yeah. to their needs. So they shouldn't have any money left to give to charity, right? Good point. And the suggestion is, of course, that the government's any good at allocating okay. funds, which, oh, I, which guess we I, lost him. I can't imagine that there's too many people out there that really believe that that's the case. I think that a lot of people believe that there's value in the government forcing some people to give because those people are greedy and we need their money in order to think for things to work. But they would agree that governments are generally not very efficient organizations, governments as we've known them for you know our lifetimes, um, that they're not very efficient organizations. So... Uh, but we just it gets more efficient as you force people. Well, that's sorry, but no. Yeah, well, it, not that it gets efficient, but I mean, you know, 
you have more money to play with. It doesn't matter if it's inefficient if you've got more money to play with because you've stolen it from a bunch of people. But the question is, is would you need to steal it if the organization was more efficient? I think if, one thing should be clear, cleared up, too, before we move on too far, is, is that uh, share sharing is not about the homeless. You know, as an organization, they yeah. they were. I mean, for Thanksgiving, it was about feeding refugees, political refugees, families, so, yeah. you know, families that have homes. So they're not they're not homeless, but they are refugees from other countries. But and one are of the hard off the critiques is that oh, you know, his, the main critique from the the haters was oh, you libertarians just trying to show that you're compassionate. What about the rest of the year? You guys just raising all this money just for uh, Thanksgiving and that's it. People are hungry all year round. Sure. You don't care about that. This is just a one off. And my response to that would be that, well, let's see, Shire Sharing is a brand new uh, organization. They right. just got started last year. It was relatively yeah. short notice last year. They don't want the competition to the state. They, you know, the, the liberal types, the big government types uh, yeah. don't want the competition to the state because if there's competition, it'll make them look bad. It'll make the state less relevant in that yeah. area. It'll and, also make them look terrible. And the other thing about it is, too, is that. Charity for for the for what we're doing in terms of being somebody who is freedom oriented is is what's going on year round because what the government does is so extremely harmful. You know, getting rid of that is is a huge charity in and of itself because you know for and, and they, they you know I don't know it's hard to describe. Well, that I see what you're saying. They don't, I mean, they don't it, understand it. They don't get it. I get what you're saying, but it's kind of out there as far as okay, yeah. If we finally get rid of the government or roll it back significantly, people will be wealthier. Therefore, so they'll be wealthier. able to give more to uh, charities and that sort of thing. And of course, Americans have already proven that they're very, very charitable. I mean, even with the high levels of taxation that we have in this country, billions and billions and billions. I think it's hundreds of billions of dollars are given to charity, if I'm not mistaken, uh, na- nationwide. I mean, so there, there's no doubt that Americans are willing to help each other out. So therefore, if they didn't have their money forcibly extracted from them, they would be able to help out others even more. And the money that would be donated to charities in that circumstance would be more worthwhile than that money stolen by the government uh, because the charities have to compete. They have to perform. They have to make you happy as a donor. They have to be doing the job right uh, in order for you to come back and be satisfied and feel good about your your contribution and come back next year exactly. and do it again. So, I mean, that's kind of what you're what you're saying there. But in the immediate, in the now, you know, there's there's a lot going on, and this is just getting started. There already are, you know, food banks and that sort of thing. And the one here in Keene, the community kitchen, uh, is something I've donated to in the past. Now, the state supporters will say things like, well, the community kitchen is funded by taxpayer dollars. It is, in part, but it's a small part, as I understand it. And the same thing with a local homeless shelter here. You can believe the community kitchen and all the rest of these organizations would love to not have to fill out the the piles of paperwork that they have to do to get that government money. And there's strings that are attached as well. The guy that runs the homeless shelter told me that they basically want him to shut up in order to take money from them. I can tell you more about that here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything you want, toll free. 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. And those features include news updates. You can get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Once again, news.freetalklive.com. And you can follow us via email, Facebook, Twitter, uh, whichever method works best for you. And it's free, of course, news.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. you got to get together with people who think like you. And there are a lot of reasons to choose New Hampshire. First of all, because there are already over 1,100 people here now as part of the Free State Project as early movers. Uh, the three of us on the show tonight are all early movers to the Free State Project. You know, in fact, people that move until we reach 20,000 participants will be considered early movers because the goal of the Free State Project is to get 20,000 liberty-minded people, people that get it about freedom, that you, in order to be free, you have to allow others to be free and that freedom is uh, your right to live your life how you want so long as you don't harm anyone else. If you are on board with those ideas, go to freestateproject.org, learn more about it, get signed up, and then get to New Hampshire as soon as possible. You don't have to wait until we reach 20,000. Once we do reach 20,000, and we're at over 13,000 at this point, but once we do reach 20,000, there will be a five-year window of time in which people have agreed to move to New Hampshire and to get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more. We were just talking about a charitable effort, actually, that was started by a Free State Project participant called Shire Sharing, led into a conversation about a local homeless shelter here in the Keene area, which is an independent shelter, meaning that they've never taken government money. Until now, it's being tantalizingly held in front of them. It's $11,000, certainly not a whole lot of money. No. Uh, the total budget for the organization is $135,000, so it's less than a tenth of the entire operating budget of the 100-night shelter. And uh, But, you know, it's tempting. I mean, it is $11,000, and it's tempting. And the owner of the shelter, the operator, the founder, does not want to take it. He really doesn't want to, but... He does want to because it's $11,000. And so he's hoping that he can raise the money outside of uh, the state. I mean, obviously, he's already raised the rest of the budget. So this is doable. $11,000 over a year breaks down to under a grand a month, you know, 900 something uh, per month, which basically means 100 people would have to pledge 10 bucks a month. And so I put a post up over at freekeen.com. It's called 100 Nights Challenge. Can you donate $10 per month? And certainly this is open to people anywhere. I mean, if you want to help out the activism uh, here in Keene and, and help out the community as well, even if you're outside the community, certainly you qualify. Uh, but you can go to freekeen.com. Scroll down just a little bit and you'll see that there on the front page uh, of the website. But what's interesting about what's going on with uh, this organization is he says that if he takes the money, he'll have to shut up. It's basically hush money. I mean, he's he's very passionate about homelessness, and you know, he runs a local construction firm, or did run a local construction firm. I'm not sure which, but uh, you know, he's outspoken critic of the mm-hmm. city. He's a critic of the the states, uh, and, and I guess the the other homeless shelters in the area are not operated officially by the state, but they take serious subsidies from the state, and therefore basically arms of the state. Um, and they do not, according to Don, the founder of the, the other shelter, they don't respect people's rights. Uh, they, you know, they, they treat people kind of at a, on a fear-based mentality, apparently. And these are the things that he told me in, in an email. Uh, so you know, he does things differently at his shelter. He lets mm-hmm. anybody in that, you know, that comes. There's not some stringent requirements or ridiculous forms uh, to fill out. If you're, you know, you're cold, it's one of the 100 coldest nights of the year. That's why it's called 100 Nights. It's only open for those nights. You show up 
and you'll be let in. You'll be given a place to uh, to sleep. You know, I guess as long as you're not beating people up or being, you know, ridiculous in, in some manner. Right. But, uh, you know, what they've told him basically is that he can't speak out about homes, homeless issues anymore if he takes this money. They don't want it to seem like there's actually homelessness. That's exactly it. They, they want to brush the uh, homelessness under the rug. They don't want somebody oh. in the community who's respected like this guy is, uh, you know, to come out and speak out in the way that he's doing. So that's one of the things that, that he's trying to do is, you know, get the money outside of the state. And, of course, if the state didn't take money from folks in the first place, then all of these organizations would be funded. I mean, they would be funded, and that would be it. And if they needed to raise money, they would raise the money. It's not a problem going to the community, especially if they have more money in their pockets from not having to pay taxes and get money uh, raised. So let me ask you this: if this, if you this agreement, this hundred nights challenge, is there any kind of agreement with him that if if you can raise the money outside of it, that he will not take that state money? Yes. Yeah. That's okay. yeah. That's okay. what he said. If he can raise that money, and he's got to raise it by mid mid to late January, I think. So mm-hmm. get about a month uh, to see if we can dig up ninety to a hundred uh, donors at ten bucks a month. So anyway, if you if you care to help with that, freekeen.com is where you can go to do it. Uh, further thoughts on government uh, helping people versus charity? It's you know I think it's an issue of efficiency. That's what I try to always look at it as. And you've got to ask yourself how much more efficient is the marketplace than the government at doing any particular job. I mean, when it comes to handing out uh, charity, let's look at the insurance business. Now, the insurance business says that 25% of claims are fraudulent. These are companies that check up on people. They, you know, they, make it, they make it their business to see whether the guy with the back problem is out mowing his lawn. I don't think that uh, you know, people, that government workers that are giving out charity are checking up on folks. Whereas charities that do that, that give out charity to to folks that need it, they do a, they do a lot better system of sort of checking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, because every dollar counts with a private charity. It does. Um, I, you know, I had a renter when I was down in Florida. I used to um, t- t- take care of some rental properties for the family, and I had a renter who. Uh, went on, you know, went went to her church for some money for, you know, the husband had left and things like that. So I think they paid her rent for two or three months. And, you know, they checked up on, they called me, they checked up on her, they, you know, did these things. And I certainly worked with them as much as I could. But when it come to, when it came to, you know, we also had situations where people would have Section 8 housing. And, you know, that's just a check that would come every single month and the landlord doesn't have to take care of the property mm-hmm. in the same way. I mean, it's just all kinds of it's, – it's just different. It a, it's a, turns into a bureaucracy. It's no longer somebody trying to take care of somebody else. It's a bureaucracy. So I think that you're talking about, you know, uh, multiples of times more efficient oh, yeah. than the government. But if, if you're, you know, just – if you know, if you're t- looking at these numbers that uh, people you know put into charity versus how much the government's giving to charity, I think that it, that you know that that the the private sector, if given their money back, would certainly sink that money into enough into charities that they um, you know that the, everybody gets the money they need. Now that's one point, and you'd see new charities coming up too. The second point is is there are some people who are getting money from the government. And from regular charities too, but probably a lot more from the government that don't need that money. That you know, for whatever reason, they don't need it. It's an inefficiency in the marketplace. They could work, but they choose not to because like they that don't have bum to. that we were talking about in New York City that was given the boots. Turned out he pawned the boots, and he wasn't even homeless to begin with. He was living in Section Eight housing. And you know, the, these kind of situations exist. I think 
both of these are true. There are people that don't need the money and are getting it because the government is inefficient, and there are people that do need the money that would be best served by private charities. I want to talk about a little little interesting experience that I have from my, from my past from Florida. I worked for a brief period for a telemarketing company that uh, sold magazines, and it, <laughs> it wasn't outbound, though. Here's the tricky part. The tricky part was that it was inbound, and the way they got the people to call in was by a, a lottery. And so people believe that they, you know, could, uh, you know, could they, they were sending have, out cards to them. Yeah, they, they were sending out cards that you know made them believe, oh, you could, you could have won this. It's kind of like Publishers Clearinghouse, you know, like, oh, you could, you may be a winner, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they'd call in, and and so the first thing that we do as a sales pitch would be to talk to them, and you know, oh, how would you if you if you won this money, how would you spend, you know, how would you yeah. spend this cash? And, <laughs> and so most. Most, by far, in a way. I mean, it was absolutely astonishing to me how many people said I'd give it all away. Wow. Like, not even part of it. So many people were like, I just, I I got nothing I would do. I don't want to change my life. I would give it all away. Mm. Or I'd give it to my church. Or I'd give it to my That's mom. Interesting. You know, <laughs> like, there's so many people that would answer that I just, I would give it away. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, <laughs> they didn't say they'd pay off their house and then give it away? Nope. <laughs> wow. That's the amazing thing. Yeah, that's the really amazing thing. I mean, I'd pay my bills and then give it away. Right, right. <laughs> you can take control here at 855-450-FREE. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Your thoughts on charity the versus the government-forced charity. Uh, you can take control. It's Free Talk Live. Under the mistletoe this year, there's only one thing you should be slipping into your lover's mouth. Stateless sweets, delicious, handmade, all-natural candy. The holidays are going to be full of empty calories this year, so make your calories count with the very best handcrafted confections. Chocolate-covered pistachio brittle, salted honey caramels, English toffee, and the best fudge you've ever tasted. You need this for your holiday parties. Go to statelesssweets.com and use coupon code FTL to save 10%. Statelesssweets.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com, and we will share with you a variety of features there. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their websites. You can get on ours free, but if you would like to support Free Talk Live, one of the ways you can do that is do your holiday shopping through shop.freetalklive.com. You go to shop.freetalklive.com, you'll find links to Amazon there. We've got Amazon US, Amazon Canada, Amazon UK. You click into the right one for you, and Free Talk Live will get a, pro- a portion of your purchase price. It's the same great Amazon selection, the same great savings. It's the same Amazon you're used to. You're just entering through our affiliate link, so Free Talk Live gets a cut of Amazon's profits. Just start your shopping through shop.freetalklive.com. Jason Osborne of Seiko CAI shops through shop.freetalklive.com. We thank him and everybody else who Indeed. shops through shop.freetalklive.com. If you want to find out more about SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. So we started out the show talking about some really exciting news for people in the cannabis legalization movement. And I think the drug uh, legalization movement as you know, for a large part, because cannabis is the major chunk of drug enforcement. I mean, it's the easiest drug to catch. So that finances the rest. 
to some extent. It certainly extent. subsidizes the uh, enforcement of the rest of the drugs. That's probably the better way to say it. And now they can't really do much about it in Washington state anymore. And very soon, Colorado, uh, people were celebrating in the streets. They were openly smoking cannabis uh, in defiance, actually, of the law because it is still illegal to smoke cannabis in public in Washington. And so it's great to see uh, this happening. But there's other news out of Washington state and another sweeping change. This is from the same AP story we were sharing with you earlier. And another sweeping change for Washington, Governor Chris Gregory on Wednesday signed into law a measure that legalizes same-sex marriage. The state joined several others that allow gay and lesbian couples to wed. The mood was festive in Seattle as dozens of gay and lesbian couples got in line to pick up marriage licenses at the King County Auditor's Office early Thursday. King County and Thurston County announced they would open their auditor's offices shortly after midnight on Wednesday to accommodate. Now, how often does that happen? I mean, government bureaucrats doing something unusual for people? I mean, when have you ever heard of a government bureaucracy opening or closing early or late? I got to say I'm surprised, but I'm pleased, too. I don't mm-hmm. want to diminish what these people have done. Yeah. I'm glad that they've done it. Good for them. Uh, so folks were in line there, and uh, they opened up at midnight, which is uh, pretty cool. And that way they could accommodate those who wanted to be among the first to get their licenses. Kelly Middleton and her partner Amanda DeLent got in line at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. Hours later, as the line grew, volunteers distributed roses, and a group of men and women serenaded the waiting line to the tune of Chapel of Love. Because the state has a three-day waiting period, the earliest that weddings can take place is Sunday. In dealing with marijuana, the Seattle Police Department told its 1,300 officers on Wednesday just before legalization took hold that until further notice, they shall not issue citations for public marijuana use. Officers will be advising people not to smoke in public, said their police uh, police spokes bureaucrat. Uh, According to the SPD blotter, the police department believes that under state law, you may reasonably get baked, order some pizzas, and enjoy a Lord of the Rings marathon in the privacy of your own home (laughs) if you want to. I think it's funny hearing the police all of a sudden take a jokey attitude towards cannabis. I think they've always had a jokey attitude towards it. They've just been willing to lock you up. Well, I mean, it depends on who you ask, Mark. And uh, I mean, if you sit in, if you sit in the hearings that they're inevitably going to have here in New Hampshire in 2013, where they'll be considering medical marijuana and possibly decriminalization here, uh, you will see the Police Chiefs Association send their representative out. You will see the Attorney General's office send their representative out, and they will tout the same old lies, the same old half truths, the same old misinformation about cannabis, and they'll attempt to paint it as though it's equivalent to heroin, and they'll bring. They'll trot out all the same old stuff as though it's so dangerous. I agree with you. Many individual police officers realize the war on drugs is a bunch of junk. But uh, at the top levels, they still play this game like, oh, it's terrible. It's a terrible drug. We can't have people getting their hands on it. My question is, is what, what effect is this going to have on the industrial hemp industry? You mean in Washington State? Sure. Washington, Colorado. I mean, those are definitely Good places. Question. It's not like there's... A state in this country that can't grow hemp. But those yeah. are probably, especially Colorado, are probably particularly good states. That's an excellent question. The I don't only bl- states that can't grow hemp are the states that can't grow weeds. Right. Well, they don't exist. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just, just, well, I mean, legally. Uh, you I mean, I guess if you're in the desert, it's probably not the best growing environment. But, you know, actually, there's plenty of sunshine. And if you can pump in water, which 
you know. You could. Well, as far as the weed, uh, growing weed is concerned, you don't need a whole lot of time for, for weeds to sprout up. So even a short growing season, you can still get a good crop. Uh, but th- you, you ask a good question. I don't think I've heard anything about Colorado right. or Washington having hemp legalized because they are only legalizing possession of a certain amount. And if you've got a few plants, you've got more than you know that amount of product. Right. So therefore, anybody growing a bunch of plants would be in violation, especially considering they're going to be licensing growers which means that you have to have state permission in order to grow cannabis. So I don't think uh, hemp's been addressed there. I know that there is a hemp bill that's been filed for 2013 here in New Hampshire by a state rep who I'm not going to say, well, I shouldn't say who it is, but somebody has filed a a hemp bill uh, here in New Hampshire. So we may see some movement forward on that. Yeah, I mean, I really hope so. I mean, there's so much, there's so many products that can be made out of it. Actually, the, the reason that I that this thought struck my mind is you have a note that here that you you passed around for for the the breaks that's just tattered and falling apart. And I was thinking, you know, that wouldn't be falling apart nearly as much if it were made on hemp paper. Mm, you, know, yes. you know, it's just there's plastics. There's and and, and you know I feed you, clothe, clothe you, house you. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a caller who calls in <laughs> regularly. Dave, Dave, who has a rhetoric Dave, and is it's, Dave. He kind of sounds like Rocky. Yeah. And he, but he's he was a big advocate for medical marijuana in Montana, and he's got his pitch yeah. down. And this is in, in his mind, and I think and hemp. He's the, a big hemp advocate. Yeah, the ar- the argument is pretty sound. Is that you know, this is God's plant, and He put it here for us to benefit from. And this thing is—it's—it's it's amazing. Well, uh, the, you know. the thing I wonder about about you know hemp plastic is whether or not it can be used in uh, 3D printers. There, you know, mm, maybe. that's what I'm wondering. Maybe with a little bit of work, it uh, it certainly would be able to. So back to the police uh, news release here. The spokesperson offered catchy new directive referring to the film The Big Lebowski, popular with many marijuana fans. <laughs> the Dude Abides. and says, take it inside, because <laughs> it's supposed to be illegal outdoors in Washington, even though the police have uh, current orders telling them they may not issue citations. So maybe at some point they'll change those orders and allow them to cite people in order to uh, get some cash, because that's what the police are all about is fundraising. I think this is wise. Um, on their part too. I, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of. I'm glad that they're doing it this way. Is because what they're saying is, is look, we're going to enforce the law, but there's going to be some people that are so excited about this. We need to educate them because we know that nobody pays attention to the law, even though ignorance of the law is no mm-hmm. excuse. We know, in fact, that in ignorance of the law is an excuse because there's more laws than any human being could read in four lifetimes. So the so the idea of some uh, 11th century saying about common law that uh, they they trot out all the time is non. We know it's nonsense, so we're just going to go ahead and uh, educate people ourselves. The article goes on to point out the legalities of the drug uh, being that it is still illegal to sell marijuana. They still have to figure out what the you know the scheme is going to be as far as their state licensed growers and who will be licensed to retail it. Uh, they'll be adding a tax to each stage of production from growing to uh, you know to processing to sales or to distribution. Analysts have estimated a legal pot market could bring Washington hundreds of millions of dollars a year in new tax revenue for schools, health care, and basic government functions, which, of course, I don't support. Uh, I don't. This is one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of legalization. If that's all that I've got, I'll support it. Like, you know, obviously, I'd rather end prohibition and have a legalized situation than have prohibition continue. But the ideal for me is decriminalization, uh, full decriminalization, where you know there is no tax on this, where there's no government regulatory scheme, where you don't have to beg any bureaucrat's permission to put a seed in the earth and let a plant grow. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm with you, and uh, it it just seems like the only uh, you know viable solution is regulation. I mean, I'm with you that people should be able to make their own beer and uh, that things should return to the way they were before prohibition. But you can see that once regulation gets its fingers into something, they're not going to let it go. The government's not going to cease to regulate alcohol. They'll be like, well, what about the children? Oh, I know. It's going to be hard, especially here in New Hampshire, where the government actually runs the liquor stores. I mean, it, it has a monopoly on uh, spirits distribution it wouldn't need to if um i mean even they could still pass the law that said that uh, you know we're the only ones that can do this particular distribution but actually there is another um there is at least one store in, in the state that can sell liquor by the way the justice department has not said whether it will sue to try to block the regulatory schemes from taking effect uh, the department's responsibility to enforce the controlled substances act remains unchanged according to one of their u.s attorneys and uh, the legal question is whether the establishment of a regulated marijuana market would frustrate the purpose of the federal pot prohibition, and many constitutional law scholars say it very likely would. That leaves the political question of whether the administration wants to try to block the regulatory system, even though it will remain legal to possess up to an ounce of marijuana. So we'll still be keeping an eye on things up there and see how this goes. This is new territory. Uh, of course, it's old territory because it used to just be a plant. Nobody cared if you had it. Uh, but it's good to see this happening. More coming up. You can take control. Free Talk Live Hour 2 next. Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get in jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Pukeinthegang.com. And cake. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you would like at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. And in the studio tonight, it is Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Uh, don't forget, you can join us at freetalklive.com, where you actually get to control the content of the website. Go go there and submit things to it. You find something online that you want to share with the other listeners of the show and with the hosts. Submit it as show prep. It appears on the front page. Once it receives enough votes, you can go there and vote up and down if you would like on the various things that are already there or submit something for yourself. Go to freetalklive.com to do that. Uh, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. CNET's Declan McCullough will be speaking at the upcoming Liberty Forum in February, February 21st through the 24th. Uh, We've talked, uh, obviously, a lot about the Free State Project on this program. And the three of us have been, I believe, attending all of the Liberty Forums. I think that we've all been to every single one of them for the last several years. There was the one that you... Uh, had to go to the Talkers Magazine thing on, but uh, you still showed up uh, at the end. Of it. Yeah, yeah, the last for the last night. Uh, but yeah, Free Talk Live has been there, and we will uh, be there again this year. So I'm excited. Uh, we've been now for this is, I believe, going to be the sixth or the fifth. It will be the fifth one in six years because there was one year where some tragic mishap occurred and it didn't end up happening. So it's uh, it's been back now for a couple of years, and I'm excited because Declan McCullough is a great. Uh, journalist. I mean, he's somebody that we've been reading his uh, 
uh, articles on the air here for a number of years. He attended one year at the Free State Project's uh, Liberty Forum and I guess wrote something about it. But this year he'll actually be speaking. Anyway, over at CNET.com, which is where he's writing these days, he uh, talks about how apparently the police have gone to Congress and have demanded logs of your text messages. AT&T, Verizon Wireless, Sprint, and other wireless providers would be required to record and store information about Americans' private text messages for at least two years, according to a proposal that police have submitted to the U.S. Congress. Now, I have to say, this came as a surprise to me. I figured they already were. (laughs) Uh, I mean, really, just so you know, your text messages are not private. They are subject to being subpoenaed. I just didn't realize there was any... I imagine each company has their own amount of time that they will hold your text messages for. I don't know what that is with each company, but I I was operating under the presumption that they could already go back in time and retrieve your text messages. Yeah, if you're not using PGP or some kind of uh, you know system to scramble your Do messaging... You- uh, some, yes. You do, okay. So I'm you... not very good at it, uh, Johnson. I've got right. to say, it's a struggle for me every time somebody wants to communicate with me via PGP. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to kind of relearn how to add them uh, through email, but I can do it. I'm just wondering because I don't. And, you know, I have a lot of friends who are, you know, geeky enough to encrypt their messages. And I just, I've never bothered Um in terms, I also don't really have you know any communications really to you know that I have secrets to hide. In but terms that's the of kind of the point for me. But yeah, but but I would like to you know to a certain extent I would like to get to the point of where I encrypt basically all of my communications with friends. You know, with personal friends, it's like okay, let's we're, we're talking. If I'm going to talk to you, it's it's going to be on an encrypted channel. I'm willing to do it. Um, I don't do it on the email because no one's ever really asked me to do it. Uh, when that's what you use PGP with, right, mm-hmm. Mark, is email. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have had a couple of people ask me about text message encryption, and I'm I'm willing to jump through the hoops if that's what my friend would like to do. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a violent person. I'm not a violent activist. I uh, oppose and abhor violence, so I'm not, you know, promoting or planning those things through. PGP or through any kind of encryption. You know, I'm certainly not selling drugs through uh, PGP or encryption. So, like, to me, I don't really care if they monitor and find out I'm going to be at the Bearcats, uh, you know, the Bearcats ceremony that they're having here in Keene on Saturday morning, because I don't care if they find out what I'm going to be doing as far as activism is concerned. But if somebody else cares, I'll go along with it. I'll go encrypted. I should spell out PGP stands for pretty good privacy. Thank yeah. you. Which is a, think- an encryption uh, protocol to just scramble what you're saying i think i have gnu uh, gp or something like that but right. and that works with gmail um no it actually works on thunderbird um it's so okay you know, but so. you have to get your gmail logins to go into the thunderbird so it, com- it comes through my gmail right i got it Thunderbird's okay. just an email client just like yeah. outlook is and you know it has plugins but like my Firebox. friend who wanted to do it um he was a pol- he, you know he was a political prisoner mm-hmm. and it was i mean i can totally understand why he considers innocuous communications to be a problem he went to jail for something that was ridiculous and it um it's all because of his political opinions and uh, a political race is this against, one of our sponsors you're yep, talking against about against someone yep. he was he was running against somebody and then their son didn't like what the, what he had to say in the in you know in a debate and really? basically went after him and locked him up wow and it was all over you know like rodent because of political traps office he was yeah. running for political he office? was running for political office interesting in california hmm. wow i didn't even know about that that's interesting it's a crazy story 
So uh, they want your text messages. According to CNET, they've learned a constellation of law enforcement groups has asked the U.S. Senate to require that wireless companies retain that information, warning that the lack of a current federal requirement can hinder law enforcement investigations. They want an SMS retention requirement to be considered during congressional discussions over an upcoming or an update of the 1986 privacy law for the cloud computing era, a move that could complicate debate over the measure and erode support for it among civil libertarians. As the popularity of text messages has exploded in recent years, so has their use in criminal investigations and civil lawsuits. They have been introduced as evidence in armed robbery, cocaine distribution, and wire fraud prosecutions. In one 2009 case in Michigan, a wireless provider, Skytel, turned over the contents contents of 626,638 SMS messages, a figure described by a federal judge as staggering. Yeah. Chuck DeWitt, a spokesperson for the major city's Chiefs Police Association, which represents the 63 largest U.S. police forces, including New York, L.A., etc., said all such records should be retained for two years. Some providers like Verizon retain the contents of SMS messages for a brief period of time, while others like T-Mobile do not store them at all. That's interesting. Hmm. Along with the police association, other law enforcement groups making the request to the Senate include the National District Attorneys Association, the National Sheriff's Association, and the Association of State Criminal Investigative Agencies. So with all that pressure from the police, you can damn well better believe this is going to probably sail right on through. I mean, the the government guys, these elected politicians, they give heavy weight to what the police want. As we saw with the Bearcat debacle here in Keene, it didn't matter that 80% of the phone calls to to, uh, the so-called city councilors here that eight, one, one city councilor told me 80 to 90 percent of the calls that she got and the contacts and the emails that she had got uh, that she had received were against this military this militaristic tank vehicle that the police department wanted to get but the majority of the city councilors voted for it anyway and they and, wanted them they want they want to be a, they wanted to have a tank well, they wanted what the police wanted, sure. uh, not what the people in the community wanted. And that's going to be the same story at Congress when they're finally looking at voting on what the police want here, which is uh, the retention of text messages for but at least two I years. I think it bears mentioning, though, that it wouldn't really matter to anybody if the police wanted these things retained, if they were going to be used to hunt down child kidnappers and murderers and sure. things like that. They won't be. Uh, they'll be used to uh, hunt yeah. down drug dealers and other peaceful people. You know the type of protest where you know people wear fur and then you know they, these you know PETA activists sure. run up and throw blood on them. You know, which I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with anybody's personal property should be destroyed. But sure. in the case of the Bearcat. I, I really, I just have this this personal fantasy that I would really, I would love to see. You know, they they bring out the bear cat on parade, and just a bunch of people run up and just throw pink paint on it. Oh yeah, It'd just turn <laughs> just turn the entire bear cat pink because really, that's you'd likely what it's be all arrested about. and yeah, charged with uh, some sort of crime, disorderly conduct, of property, or yeah, whatever. Or that, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's. I mean, because it's really about intimidation. It would just be hilarious to see the Bearcat be like pink and have polka dots and sparkles and glitter and rainbows. Well, the the chief of police here in Keene was on the radio last— You could glitter bomb it without any problem. You probably wouldn't go to jail for (laughs) glitter bombing it. Last Saturday morning, he was on there and refused the offer of painting it pink uh, in support of breast cancer. So apparently he opposes uh, breast cancer research because he refused. 
that idea. That's because they want to scare the bejesus out of everybody. Right. It's Look, olive green, apparently. The police officers. Like the military. <laughs> you know, the, the police have gotten, all their uniforms have gotten darker and darker over time. Yeah. Uh, and well, they're trying to be intimidating. They've got these dark glasses that they wear. They wear their right. stormtrooper helmets. They do the whole deal. The dark glasses help uh, disconnect their humanity. That way you can't see their eyes, look mm-hmm. into their eyes. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More about your privacy through texting. Apparently, if the police get their way, you'll be logged for at least two years. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. Take control. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, Buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at (laughs) amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You may take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-450-FREE. Talking about the legal aspects of texting right now. The cops want to crack down. They want to force all of the companies to retain text messages uh, for at least two years. We can continue that discussion and then get to the more social aspects of text messaging or rather the lack of social aspect to text messaging. Uh, We'll continue that here in a moment. 855-450-FREE if you would like to get your thoughts on the air. Uh, you know, we actually sent out our uh, little little presents to folks that uh, are involved in Free Talk Live, some consultants and stuff like that. And Our board ops at GCN. Uh, board ops at GCN. Hello, guys. Um, and it was uh, candy from statelesssweets.com. That's right. And it's all handmade confections over there. Um, you know, they're delicious stuff. Um, the honey salted caramels, the chocolate covered pistachio brittle, English toffee. Fudge, that's a good one. What was the other one you said you really enjoyed? Uh, I like the cinnamon caramel chews. The cinnamon caramel chews are really good, too. And so we sent all these out, got a couple of responses. Of course, the uh, board ops were nice enough to say thank you. uh, um, Our our PR consultant, she said it was retarded good. Uh, So... (laughs) I gotta say, everyone agrees. You're going. It's going to be very conspicuous when you send somebody some stateless sweets. Yeah, it's you know, it ruins you for regular candy. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's just the end of the story. This stuff is so good, it's better than candy. Candy. Yeah. <laughs> Go to statelesssweets.com. You need this for your holiday parties. Uh, you know, whoever in your family's got a sweet tooth. If it's you. You'll thank you'll thank us. Uh, use coupon code FTL and you can save ten percent. What ten percent? Statelesssweets dot com. How long is it good for? Till further notice. I guess it's for the the Christmas holiday. Okay. Always right. use coupon code FTL. Whatever Just you in have case. An opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great, man. Good stuff and handmade. You know, handcrafted, and that's yeah, the difference. It's all between, natural ingredients. Too. You know, it's not coming off a uh, assembly line. Yep. It's I, made with love. I. Can't. I can't stress enough how good these are. All right. StatelessSweets.com. 855-450-FREE. The proposal from various different police agencies uh, coming to Congress is they want two years worth, at least two years worth of SMS text messages to be held uh, at the various different companies' headquarters and such. Uh, according to the story over at CNET.com, a shocking number uh, or a shocking amount of companies actually do not retain text. We'll tell you some more uh, companies and what their policies are here in a moment. 
but they're referring to the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, apparently, the issue is not yet addressed in the current proposal before the committee, this according to the police groups, and it will become an even more important uh, proposal in the future. They uh, are approving sweeping amendments to the Electronic Communications Privacy Act last week, unlike earlier drafts, the latest one veers in a very privacy-protective direction, by requiring police to obtain a warrant to read the contents of email messages. The SMS push by law enforcement appears to be a way to make sure it includes one of their priorities, too. It wasn't immediately clear whether the law enforcement proposal is to store the contents of SMS messages or only the metadata, such as the sender and receiver phone numbers associated with the messages. I would imagine it's the former and not the latter. These guys want as much data and as much much information as they possibly get. Either way, it's a heap of data. Forrester Research reports that more than two... By the way, this is another one of these unfunded mandates. I don't care what the government requires from the private sector. If if one government agency tells another government agency they've got to do something, there's going to be a big hullabaloo about mm-hmm. an unfunded mandate. But how much money is the government going to be giving these companies to store this data? To store data? all the data? Yeah, because we're talking Zero. about two... Now, it is just text. So what? And text isn't exactly the uh, heaviest data load out T-Mobile there. T-Mobile is, not, re- is removing them for a reason. It's not video. You're right. You're right. I mean, it must count to something. But, Unless, uh, of course, it's SMS, and they probably want all the data from the SMS, too. Which that's what we're talking about here. Right. So, SMS. Yeah, so they probably, if you're sending somebody a video via SMS. Oh, you, you know, mean the MMS service where yeah, there's, there's yeah, video oh, yeah, sorry, or pictures. Yeah, I mean, yeah, MMS. Yeah, if they're attaching things, they probably want that, too. That could be true. Well, guess what? How many SMS messages were sent in the U.S. last year? I already gave you the two number. Now, how many? Two trillion. trillion. Two trillion. You're right. Two trillion SMS messages last year. Over six billion SMS messages are sent per day. God. How much data is that? I don't know, but it's a lot. The current policies of wireless providers have been highlighted in some recent cases during a criminal prosecution of a man suspected of murdering a six-year-old. For example, police in Cranston, Rhode Island, tried to obtain copies of a customer's text messages from T-Mobile and Verizon. Superior Court Judge Judith Savage said that although she was not unfamiliar with cell phones and text messaging, she was stunned to learn that providers had such different policies. While the SMS retention proposal opens a new front in Capitol Hill politicking over surveillance, the principle of mandatory data retention is hardly new. The Justice Department has publicly called for new laws requiring ISPs to record data about their customers and a House of Representatives panel. Now, that's a lot of data, by the way, I mean, as far as where your customers are surfing, what sort of information they're, uh, they're putting out there, yeah. or what they're requesting. That's a lot of data. And a House of Representatives panel approved such a requirement last summer. According to the ACLU, their legislative council says we would oppose any mandatory data retention mandate as part of the ECPA reform. The proposal is a different kettle of fish. It doesn't belong in this discussion, he says. An internal Justice Department document that the ACLU obtained through the Freedom of Information Act shows that as of 2010, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Sprint did not store the contents of text messages. Now, that doesn't mean they may not store, you know, to whom they were sent or Mm -hmm. from whom, but it doesn't store the contents. Verizon did for up to five days a change from its earlier no-logs-at-all position, and Virgin Mobile kept them for 90 days. The carriers generally kept metadata, such as the phone numbers associated with the text, for 90 days to 18 months, and that makes sense because they need to have that information for billing purposes, I would think. And AT&T was an outlier, keeping it for as long as seven years, according to the chart. (laughs) The metadata. The metadata, exactly. 
So a review of court cases by CNET suggests the Justice Department document is out of date. While Sprint is listed as not storing text message contents, the judge in Rhode Island noted the company turned over preserved text messages. And in an unrelated Connecticut case last year, a state judge noted that Sprint provided law enforcement with text messages involving the phone numbers. So apparently that's, uh, you know, again, they said in 2010 Sprint didn't keep any of that information, but apparently now they are. I just feel morally worse and worse the longer I have an iPhone with AT&T. Why is that? Just because I feel like Apple and AT&T are both just such despicable companies. Because they limit uh, – it used to be limited. You could only get it through AT&T, right, well, the iPhone? It, yeah, yeah. And it's just that – well, it's just because Apple has just these atrocious human rights reputation for, for what it does with its uh, manufacturing of their devices and, and then – um, Do you really think just, that it's any different for the manufacturer of the Android, or is it just that people focus on a- Apple? I, I think that it's probably somewhat different. I think that the specific factories that Apple were using were pretty bad. Okay. Um, I, I don't think that it's hugely significant. You know, it, the differences are probably still the conditions for manufacturing these other devices are probably similar. Well, there are several manufacturers of Android, just to be clear. Android's right. just the operating system. And I'm many just saying, do- is it really any different? You know, is it any different for Samsung than it is for Apple? Is it is for? I'm sure Nokia? a lot of them are manufactured at Foxconn. I mean, Foxconn is a huge, huge factory. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just you know they they make a lot, um, and they're the factory you know where workers are just throwing themselves off the building on a daily basis. Um, but AT and T also in combination is just bad too because it's just they're constantly cooperating with the government, and they just go out of their way to cooperate with the government too. Like, hey, maybe you want to take this data, too. It might be a good idea, right? Now they kind of offer. Coming up, more about your privacy or the lack thereof when using your cell phone, 855-450-FREE, plus the social aspect of text messaging. We'll dig into that as well. You can take control and share your experience, your thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone. 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. And if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, we'd like you to. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And your 5 bucks a month can help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up there. Uh, that's amp.freetalklive.com. You can use any major credit card through PayPal or use Visa or MasterCard right on our website. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference for us. Thank you. Oh, sorry about that, Mark. You were chit-chatting before we uh, came back from break there. Go ahead. <laughs> have you ever wanted to take a complaint to trial, but you didn't have the, didn't want to spend the money for an attorney? Well, howtowinincourt.com is the solution. It's a course for people who don't have attorneys. It teaches you how to use the court's rules, and unless you know the court's rules, you're not going to win. That's because everybody else in there knows the rules, and they don't want you to win. 
So it works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. Um, it's the new and improved jurisdictionary course. If you've heard us talk about that in in the past, um, this is a it's a great new uh, update to the jurisdictionary course. How to win in court dot com. It's written so the average eighth grader could uh, learn it over a weekend. Their brand new website has all kinds of free tools. You go there, use the free tools, buy the course. Costs less than an hour with uh, any good attorney. How to win in court dot com. When you complete the course, you get. A degree of Juris doctor, doctor. You'll be a JD once you're done. How to win in court.com. We're talking about texts, and the legal aspect of them is that apparently uh, the police would like your phone company to retain your text messages for at least two years, and they're looking to lobby Congress to make that happen. Uh, but interestingly, a number of companies apparently don't retain your text messages. There was a Justice Department study that uh, suggested that back in 2010, uh, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Sprint did not store the contents of text messages. However, a review of court cases by CNET suggests that Sprint is now uh, storing text messages. And an email res- uh, from, a, from a detective in the Baltimore County Police Department leaked by Antisec and reproduced in a Wired article last year says that Verizon keeps text message content on their servers for three to five days and Sprint stores their text message content going back 12 days, Nextel for seven days, AT&T and Singular. Sprint and Nextel are the same company. <laughs> Well, there's subdivisions. Of, uh, indeed. AT&T and Singular do not preserve content at all. And U.S. Cellular is three to five days. Boost Mobile is seven days. So this would be a question worth asking your cell phone provider because, you know, what we're relying on here is police investigation to determine what, uh, you know, the current policies are. They could change their policies at any time. So you know, next time you're on the phone with your cell phone provider, it wouldn't hurt to ask them the question, uh, you know, how long do you store those text messages you think for? they know? I don't know. It wouldn't hurt to ask, though. Somebody's got to know. Sprint and Verizon referred calls last week to the Wireless Association, which declined comment, and the Justice Department also re- uh, declined comment. T-Mobile and AT&T also did not comment. Uh, and uh, then according to, let's see, U.S. Cellular, uh, they did respond. Due to the volume of text messages sent by our customers every day, text messages are stored for approximately three to five days. The content of text messages can only be disclosed subject to a lawful request. And then they go on to say that they do obey uh, when the police ask them for uh, for text message information. Uh, law enforcement- the term lawful request and ask. Right. Law enforcement, mm-hmm. it doesn't say warrant. It just says lawful request, which could mean a note coming from the police department's, you know, put, put something on right. police header, send it to the wireless company. They'll likely give you the information you're looking for. Over the past five years, U.S. Cellular has received more than 103,000 requests in the form of subpoenas, court orders, search warrants, and letters regarding customers' phone accounts and usage. Can you imagine the, the compliance costs that these people are paying? I mean, 103,000 uh, requests in just the last five years. That's a lot of requests. I can't imagine the compliance costs, and I'm... You know, this that's the problem here is, is that they, you know, among all the other problems uh, that this is an unfunded mandate. Why should we have to supply you with this? Because the government owns you and they could hurt you if you don't do what they say. That's the reason. So one more comment here from the Electronic Frontier Foundation. This is from Hani Fakuri, their staff attorney. He's skeptical. 
He says these data retention policies serve one purpose, to require companies to keep databases on their customers so law enforcement can fish for evidence. And this would seem to be done against the wishes of the providers, presumably since some of the providers don't keep SMS messages at all. Continue on the texting topic here, get into the social aspect of it. But first, Lauren's on the line in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Lauren. Uh, Yes. um, (coughs) How are you guys doing over there? We're doing a radio show. Everything's well. Go ahead. All right. Um, well, I just want to tell you guys, uh, I just want to uh, talk about Syria for a second. Um, what is it? Syria. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we're moving um, missiles over there to Turkey right now on the, the uh, border to Syria. So we are prepping for a war. You're moving a missile? Syria. No, stop it. Um, yeah, missiles. But you said we're moving them. We're sitting in a studio at the moment. I don't know about you, Lauren. You know uh, what I mean. Come on. Oh, you mean the, the U.S. federal government? You know what I mean, Ian. Why do you always have to be like this? Huh? Yeah, because it's, it's it's incorrect it's, to say that we're doing those things. It's important to him that he's uh, that it's separated uh, that we're you know that we separate ourselves from the actions of the federal government. But um, now, what do you think the? Uh, I mean, it's not like the United States hasn't moved stuff around uh, before. You know, there's there's going to be troops in Yemen and troops in Libya too. Uh, the the president has just advised congress of this um what makes you think that it's going to be syria that uh, they get involved with well it, uh, mark i i think syria is going to be the big one if we go into syria it will be a big one bomb syria hello yeah it'll be a big one if they if, if the united states gets involved china and russia aren't going to like that much and that's why i yeah. don't think it's going to happen well well we're not it's not like we're doing it just for show I mean, I, the federal government, rather, is doing it just for show. Mm-hmm. They're very serious. And I, I, I'm just afraid. I, I, I really am. And What are you afraid of? I'm afraid of a nuclear war, because I know, I don't think we're going to have another war of proxy in this world. Well, and what can you do about it? Another Vietnam. What can you do about huh? it? What can you do about it? You said you said you're afraid. Well, overthrow this government. Oh, oh you're back. Some... You're back on this kick again, huh? How are you going to do that, Lauren? <laughs> what do you What well, do you, you think said, the bigger risk is? Wait, 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 wait. the government. I mean, I, I have answer. to. I have to ask you a question here. I have to ask you a question about the. What, what do you think the bigger risk is? You taking an AK-47 and making a run at the White House of you getting uh, physically injured, or you dying in a nuclear explosion? What do you yeah. think the bigger risk factor is there? Just you know, just probability. Well, I mean, if you take an AK-47 and run out the White House, I mean, you're going to automatically die. So I mean, what do you want to see happen? What what kind of revolution do you have in mind? So you want other people to overthrow the government for you. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, <laughs> That'd be convenient. Well, listen, listen I, I know what I can do. And I know I can, you know, there's ways of doing things without getting yourself killed. You know, you can... Sit behind a high-powered rifle or get a pen and write stories. Because the government isn't trained for that to happen. What are you going to What? Look, I get it, man. The government sucks. They hurt peaceful people. They terrorize the innocent around the world. And that's frustrating. And it's scary. And I understand that when people are afraid, they, they tend to want to lash out. If you feel cornered, you know, cornered animal uh, is something that can be quite dangerous. And I understand the desire to lash out. I get it. I used to be there. I used to, you know, I used to have those thoughts. I used to think about that stuff about, you know, well, I'm going to take them out with me or I'm not going down without going guns a blazing. I used to have those. My those 
ridiculous uh, dead fingers. ridiculous fantasies. And then I came to realize that if I actually do want to achieve peace, uh, and I think that's pretty important, uh, that uh, that I must do it through peaceful means. That you cannot get to peace through violence. And don't you don't have me. to really think about the scenarios too hard to realize that they're all going to end up in your uh, you perishing, uh, whether it's you behind the you know the peace. gun. That's okay with you don't, me. Want, I don't peace? want peace. Well, no. you know, sorry to hear about that. Thanks for the call. Eight five five four fifty free. If that's what you want, you got plenty of fighting out there. Plenty of war. There's plenty of non peace going on right Live now. By the sword, die by the sword. There you go. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keen. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keen has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. Toll-free number for you to bring up what you want is 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we will share with you on our website. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. We've also got the Shrine of Female listeners there, uh, which features dozens of lady listeners of the show who have proven that they listen to the program via validation. You can learn what that's all about. See the Shrine for yourself. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. We've been talking texting. And according to the numbers, 2 trillion texts sent in the United States can in the last year. Can I interject something about the Shrine real quick? Sure. So a long time ago, we set up an option on the Shrine. I just want to put a call out to the ladies out there. Uh, we set up an option in the Shrine to allow people to send in videos. That's and, right. And yeah. be video Shrine. Now, I know the Shrine has not had a lot of traffic recently. It gets a lot of, it gets a lot of viewing traffic. It has yeah. had a lot of entries. Right. And and so, you know, the, the thought that I, I just, I'm so disappointed. I, I really thought that that would be more popular because they can actually speak and say things and, you know, make a video. There's been a, the there's been a few. There's been like two, right? No, I, mean, I would say a handful. There was a there was some that Taryn Lupo was putting together for us. Right, right. That was a ter- yeah, that but that was a Taryn Lupo's sort of impetus. I mean, now with cell phone videos and everything, I would, yeah. I would totally think that more ladies out there could just take a video of themselves and know, it's easier to take and, a picture, I guess. Yeah. It's not though. <laughs> I think it is. It takes less time to take a picture. Sure, it takes less time. But I mean, I think for a lot of ladies, you know, they have to set it up. And so you're imploring the ladies to send videos. Uh, I just, for... I just think it's a better idea. You gotcha. can send video, and you can actually speak. You know, I true? think that's a good thing. Well, I appreciate anybody who uh, submits to their photo or video to the Shrine of Female listeners. It is not as popular a page as it once was on the site. And I have a feeling that's because the site is now more interactive on the front. You know, it used to be... I think it'd be three, more popular if there were videos. Maybe so. Three <laughs> three years ago, the site did not have the, you know, you submit content factor to it. It was just like a site where we told you what was important kind of site, like the olden days. Uh, and so then on, you know, with that site, the shrine was more popular. Now the, you know, the front page and the, the upcoming stories queue, the actual feature, the main feature of the site being the, the submitted content from our listeners is definitely, uh, definitely the more popular portion of the site. But anyway, shrine.freetalklive.com. So texting. We've been talking about the legal aspect of texting, but what about the social aspects of texting? Or as some are suggesting, some sciencey types are suggesting that it's actually antisocial. They're suggesting our mobile phones are eroding personal relationships. Mm. According to the Daily Mail, dailymail.co.uk, 
Young people's attachment to their mobile phones is eroding their personal relationships, according to a new study. The claim comes by a parent who doesn't like (laughs) texting. The claim comes after research revealed that young adults, in addition to sending over 100 texts, check their mobile up to 60 times per day. Experts behind a new study have said now that compulsively checking a mobile phone is an addiction similar to compulsive spending or credit card misuse. I wouldn't disagree with that statement. I don't know if it quite is as dangerous to one's personal uh, oh, well-being. Well, I mean, just just because it's at a, just because it doesn't yeah. have the same uh, consequences doesn't mean that it's not right. Yeah, I guess it would be the difference between having a caffeine addiction and a crack addiction. Right. Let's just say that. <laughs> but they're both addictions. They said their research showed mobile and instant messaging addictions are driven by materialism and impulsiveness, which also plays a role in behavioral and substance addictions. Dr. James Roberts of Baylor's Han- Hankamer School of Business said it was important for students who spend up to seven hours a day interacting with communication technology to recognize when their behavior is becoming a problem. So it used to be television uh, that people were interacting or, I guess, lack, you know, sitting in front of for hours per day. Right. Now it's the mobile phone. Right. But they're so much more antisocial talking to their friends all day long. <laughs> it's certainly more social. As opposed social. to sitting in front of a TV watching nothing. Right. It's certainly more social than television. So it's, it's a step in the right direction. However, who has not been in a room? Who in the younger – I know this probably doesn't affect people over the age of – 55. But who in a younger demographic has not been in a room of coworkers or friends and had a, and noticed that everyone's on their phone texting and not talking to each other? Yeah. I mean, have you yeah. guys been in that I've situation before? before? Right. And that's one of those p- moments where I'll I'll say something and be like, "Phone party!" just to bring <laughs> people's attention to what exactly they're doing because, you know, I think that it is less than human contact. You know, right. you don't have voice. You don't have the the inflections of the voice. You don't have the eye I'm contact. No, f- no fan of texting. Yeah. I like texting for certain circumstances, but it's pretty rare that it's, it's not common that I send one. I, it, I, I don't. I kind of almost don't want to bring this anecdote up because it, you know it could be a commentary on me. But uh, ha- have either of you ever gone out with someone and had that person like just be staring at their phone because they're one of these oh, phone yeah. addicts? Yeah, I mean. I don't think I'm that boring. I mean, it could be a commentary on me. I'm not sure. You know, maybe I am. But uh, no, it's probably more about them. Yeah. It's just it's it's really weird when you do that. If you if you're one of these people that you you know you're going out to go out with a friend and then sitting there on your phone constantly. Yeah, that's just strange. I mean, I get maybe checking it once, you know, and then you you do the like, oh, let me do this one you know like once an hour or something you just look at everything that's there but when you're actively engaging with conversations and text messaging with other people yeah that's just weird no that's that's rude is not what that is um so it's the equivalent of getting out a cell phone at a table full of people and just yakking into it right in front of everybody Right. right what it says is is that i mean if you're if you're out on a date what you're doing is you're being, you know, sort of introducing yourself to this new person. Oh, I've never had that. I've had it happen with the friends. I've never had it happen on a date. I would be out of there so fast. Right. It's, it's, it's got to go. Yeah. But it's just, um, I mean, when you're, especially in a sort of a new relationship, whether it's a date or whatever the reason is, is, you know, that person needs, you know, I mean, you need to fortify that relationship if you want it to go anywhere. If you want to be with the other people you're texting, that's the time to be with them, then that's fine. Now, if it's a friend that you've known for a long time and you both have this agreement that we'll text and do our thing in front of each other then or you know it's unspoken whatever the whatever the situation is that's fine yeah. but when you're talking about a new relationship business personal whatever that relationship might be 
it's disastrous to do this. If it's somebody that I know, I'll make some sort of statement like, you know, if I'm if I'm feeling like it, I'll say something like, oh, I'll, I'll wait. You know, yeah. if I was talking and then all of a sudden somebody gets on the phone just to bring their attention to the fact that I noticed, hey, you know, right. because I know how I am. I mean, I sit in the and I'm not saying that I'm better or, or you know, that I'm any different from anyone else. And maybe some people are better with their attention spans than, than I am. But uh, frequently, you know, sometimes, Mark, I'll see you tip tapping away on your laptop during the show and I'll, you know, I'll say something to you about it. You know, hey, man, do you really need to send that email during the show segments? Can't you wait to, you know, till the breaks? And similarly, if I'm over here on, you know, tapping away to the board operator on the instant messenger program, because sometimes we have to communicate about things during the show, I know I'm not giving you my full attention. I mean, if you guys are having a conversation about something, if you and Johnson are talking and that gives well, me the chance to turn away, I mean, for the show, it's fine because there's something going on on the air, but I'll go back if I listen to a show, I'll pick up things I didn't pick up because I was doing something at that moment. Like for me, it's a different show to listen to versus to actually sit here and perform because I know I'm not giving my full attention if I'm distracted. Imagine how weird it's going to be when we get to the point of where we can type without speaking or typing physically. Type uh, without speaking? You mean like like through the brain? Yes, because we they, those those, <laughs> those devices exist now. They already yeah, exist. They're it's not science there. fiction. Yep. They, you can actually type a message by thinking that message. Now there is device. There are devices that allow this to happen. Um, what you'd have to do is make sure it didn't send the message without like double or triple confirmation. Because <laughs> right, <right. laughs> the last thing you want to do is type what you're thinking and then have it hit send without you really thinking I, that. I think you have to really consciously like think the word and visualize the word. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's how it works is by the visual mm-hmm. cortex. You actually have to picture the word in your mind. Interesting. Um, to type it. And um, so suppose this gets better. I mean, right now it's not very fast from my understanding, yeah. but suppose that that technology gets better. And, it's going to have to. Yeah. I mean, right now I, I have sent text messages while while driving and now, and, and uh, let me say I was not I actually consider texting. consider that a bad idea. Oh yeah, but I was not actually texting. I was yeah. not actually typing. I used voice to, you know, speech recognition, right. which is fun. You know, that's acceptable. Works I can, pretty well. I can continue looking at the road and, you know, and, and send a message if necessary. Um, by using the speech recognition, um, however, my my thought, you know, I could definitely say that my attention, if if I were trying to have a conversation with someone else as well, or if, you know, if I'm typing and talking to someone and and doing that, you know, typing, you know, sending text messages while having a conversation, definitely your concentration is not entirely there. So imagine what's going to happen when we get to the point of where people can be sending these text messages without actually. You don't know that they're doing it, you know, if, they, if they're able to, you know, type mm, surreptitiously, yeah. you know, or <laughs> send a text message. With, so they'll just appear to be staring off into space. <laughs> this is what Eyes we get to look forward to. Then I'm going to definitely feel old. At that point, I will yeah. feel old when people are like, just kind of like drooling <laughs> and just staring off and, and they're you know talking to their friends and really it just looks like they're just zombies. If you want to tell us about your texting habits, maybe you're an addict, hopeless, people have brought it to your attention, you can't stop every, every meeting you're in, you find yourself on your phone, you can't pay attention to your dinner partners, 855-450-FREE or you're sitting on the other side of the table and you've had these experiences, you want to share those with us. Hi, this is Mark Edge, host of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the very economic engine that powers this country. With a printing press tethered to Washington politicians, bureaucrats, and central bankers, how can we put our trust in paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. 
come see gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold. With Washington, D.C. delivering more debt and printed promises, common sense tells us the future of the trend is obvious. Everyone listening should visit gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938. I trust Midas Resources for my gold, silver, platinum, and you can too. Again, I want you to have this book, and it's free. It's gold.freetalklive.com or 877-357-9938. Free Talk Live, toll-free number tonight for you. Bring up whatever you want is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So enjoy those. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com with you tonight. It is Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. All right, we're going to go into your phone calls here. Um, and speaking of phone calls, we've been talking text messaging. Uh, there's more to the information that we were just barely starting to give you in the last hour about how often people, especially young people, are sending texts and what science scientists are saying about it, suggesting that our mobile phone usage is eroding our personal relationships. We'll get back to that. First, Philip is on the line in Michigan uh, Philip, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Well, as you guys may know, may not know, I'm not sure. Um, right to Work was just passed in Michigan uh, this evening in both the House and the Senate. They got more work to do on it. But anyways, I was curious. I want to tell you about my thoughts on Right to Work. And I'm very much a libertarian-minded guy. Mm-hmm. And um, on one hand, I think you know people should have the choice to uh, freely associate you know, if, if they want to voluntarily associate, that's fine. But they shouldn't be forced to associate to, in, in a, with a union. Sure. Um, that being said, shouldn't an employer, an employer also have the option to to uh, voluntarily um, sign a contract saying that we will only hire union workers here? So yeah, I, I would think so. Thoughts on right to work as far as voluntarism goes. No, I agree with you. I mean, it, now I don't know much about the Michigan right to work law. I, I did hear see the headline that it had passed. Are you suggesting that an employer cannot sign such an agreement under this right to work law under 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 the right to work law that was uh, that's being worked up is that any public or private employer won't be able to uh, make a uh, contract saying that they will exclusively hire a, a, so you can't have any union shops anymore for example we have a lot of general motors here mm-hmm. big three auto auto companies a lot of them are union shops and they can only hire union workers um at those plants um after mm-hmm. this passes that will be no more yeah, I disagree with that. I think that a business owner should – I mean, I'm interested in hearing what you guys have to say, but uh, I think that business owners should be able to enter whatever contract with whoever they want to. I can understand that some might suggest the union is strong-arming them somehow into signing these agreements. Right. Uh, but That's as long as it's a completely go. voluntary agreement, then uh, it's none of my damn business. I wouldn't tell them they no, couldn't no, sign no, it. No, obviously public, uh, public uh, is a little bit different because when it comes to public unions, we are the quote-unquote company, and uh, and they are, they are pretty much taking – yeah, I think that um, an individual should not have to uh, sign up for a uh, you know union if they don't want to sign up for a union. And a lot of times, a lot of states will have this rule where you know they have a, this vote. And if it's a majority in an open ballot, and they'll threaten people if they don't vote the way they want them to. And if it's uh, 51% want the union, the other 49% have to go along. And then 
then they pressure the uh, employer to, to sign up and that kind of thing. I don't think that it should be coercive. But if if the if, you know if the union can get the employer to sign up and say that we're only going to hire people who are in the union, and to me this uh, this speaks to uh, you know sort of the quality of the work. I can get how some people are tra- uh, tradesmen in their area, and they may want to get together so they get paid better than the, the you know the little guy or whatever. And I I can see that. Um, I think that there's some areas where people are unionized uh, where you know maybe it doesn't have the same skill level as it does in other places. I think auto workers probably a high skill job. I'm thinking people who work at Walmart probably not that high a skill. So um, you know. I'm just thinking, you know, in a lot of these places, a lot of these businesses, what happens if, you know, uh, the entire union uh, to 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 pressure the boss says, hey, you know, uh, if you don't sign this contract saying that uh, you're only going to hire union workers, we're all going to walk. And we ain't coming back until you sign it. And I, I think, you know, it's a voluntary society. A voluntary society, that's perfectly fine. People can quit any time they want. And they're free to walk, and the employer's free to hire somebody. Yeah, else. that's a different kind right. of tactic than threatening to burn their, uh, you know, their house down or something like that, <laughs> or kidnap their uh, granddaughter. Well, you, you know, history uh, history shows unions do have close ties to uh, gangs and such, and that's a different topic. Yeah. So. No, I'm with you there, uh, Philip. Anything else you want to share tonight? No, that's it. Thank Thanks you for the much. call. For Appreciate thoughts. hearing from you. Yep, no problem. 855-450-FREE. We'll take your calls about absolutely anything. We're talking about texting uh, at the moment. Uh, there's a story out of the Daily Mail where scientists, some of them are saying, Dr. James Roberts, specifically the Baylor's Hankamer School of Business, said that it was important for students who spend up to seven hours a day interacting with communication technology to recognize when their behavior is becoming a problem. He says mobile phones are part of our consumer culture. They're not just a consumer tool, but are used as a status symbol. They're also eroding our personal relationships, he says. Previous studies into the habits of university students have revealed young adults send an average of 109 and a half texts per day, the equivalent of around 3,200 messages per month. They re- are you saying, oh my God, because that's a lot? That's a lot. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's interesting because, you know what, if I think about it, if, if, I, if that was text messages if you were counting facebook posts then i'm mm. well above that but uh yeah. if it's specifically text messages yeah I, I don't know I, i've never liked text messages especially text messaging plans because i don't feel that it's fair to charge five dollars a month for more data oh, when yeah. i already have a data plan i paid <laughs> way too much money for texting on my verizon plan they, I've they never hit you paid, hard i've for never paid for unlimited. a text messaging plan there's no way i joined it's verizon ridiculous. out of protest to uh sprint i actually went and left Sprint and paid more with Verizon for the same level of service because I was upset at, at what Sprint was doing oh, to me. Wow, what were they doing? What, what they, uh, and I had been pretty happy with Sprint for a while, like several years, ever since I moved up to New it's Hampshire. It's like picking between mafias. Right. <laughs> it really is. And basically, they, you know, they ended up instituting a 4G charge, a $10 a month 4G charge, uh, at some point a couple years ago. And I'd heard about this, and I thought, oh, well, that's fine. You know, I don't have 4G. It's not even available in Keene, New Hampshire, so I'm not concerned because I'm not getting that charge. There's no 4G. Uh, but then what they ended up doing was they changed it to a smartphone charge. Right. So after they hit people with 4G for a while, they then decided, well, we're just going to hit everybody uh, with the extra $10 a month charge simply for getting a smartphone. Yeah. Now, I had been grandfathered in because I'd already had a phone, but mm-hmm. then – 
you know, I'd had that phone for a couple of years. I decided I wanted to upgrade, get a fancier, newer phone. Right. Uh, and at that point, I called them to activate this phone that I'd gotten uh, on eBay. I got the phone on eBay to save a little bit of money. And, and I specifically I specifically went with a 3G phone. It's hard to find them, but they mm-hmm. still make 3G-only phones because I figured, again, you know, there's no 4G in Keene, so why should I pay extra for right. the 4G fee? I, you know, I still I like the idea of having a smartphone. I don't really care about 4G, so I specifically selected a 3G phone, which didn't have quite the same feature set mm-hmm. that the 4Gs did. And when I called up to activate the phone, they said, "And uh, there's a there's a ten dollar a month smartphone charge." I said, "Wait a minute, uh, what about the?" I thought it was just a 4G charge. No, it's on every new activated uh, smartphone. And so I basically said, well, I've been a customer with you guys for six years now. I've been pretty happy. And, you know, would you consider waiving that fee? I mean, I specifically picked a 3G phone so I would avoid what I thought was a $10 a month 4G fee. Okay, we've considered it. No. Nope. Yeah, we're not going to do it. I, you know, I got them to escalate it to like level two customer service or whatever. Just gave them the chance to, uh, you know, retain the account. And so I said, look... You know, thanks, but no thanks. I'll just return this phone and and, and I'll go with your competitor. And then I the, found, unfortunately, that with phone companies, screaming helps a lot. Yeah, I just don't care yeah. uh, that much. At that point, I you know told them, look, I'm going to go with your competitor. And of course, then the account retention uh, procedure comes into place where they attempt to you know keep your business and they go through whatever script they have. They pull up their account retention script right. and uh, they go through <laughs> that script. And uh, and that's when I they you know that's when they pointed out, well, your our competitors are more expensive. And I said, I'm aware of that, but you guys clearly don't really care about my business, so I'm willing to go and pay more with the competitor where I literally am paying uh you know about twenty five percent more for the same level of right. service actually less because uh with the, with verizon i'm paying four techs and there's a cap on the bandwidth whereas with sprint there wasn't but i just i was willing to walk away because they wanted to hit me with a fee that i was you know pretty much surprised by i mean really 80 bucks a month isn't enough you got to get another 10 right <laughs> so that is an as an aside uh, apparently these students university students receive Excuse me, they send 109.5 texts per day, but they receive 113 texts. They check their phone 60 times in a typical day. In all, students spend about seven hours a day interacting with information and communication technology. The mobile phones are accessible at any time, even during class, and possess an ever-expanding array of functions, making their use or overuse increasingly likely. Dr. Roberts calls this disastrous to their social lives. We'll explain here in moments. And what has your experience been as Johnson pulls out his phone? This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. 
toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Since we're talking texting, you should know we've got a mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you can visit m.freetalklive.com to get quick access to our live streams, the podcast, and uh, some of the software that you might need to get tuned in to us online via your cell phone. Once again, go to m.freetalklive.com. By the way, I forgot to mention the story about the text messaging uh, as far as the, the cops wanting to create two years worth of text logs at various different companies across the country uh, that was submitted to our website by revolutionnews.us so thanks for uh, to all of our listeners for going to freetalklive.com and to putting various different interesting news articles and youtube videos and blog posts and things like that on our site to be voted upon by listeners just like you, you can go to freetalklive.com to do that free government currencies can be inflated at the whims of politicians and if the world used bitcoins, then, well, governments would have to think much longer and harder about who they went to war with. That's because bitcoins can't be inflated. It's not possible for some politician to go out there and inflate bitcoins. You can't counterfeit them. Uh, they're peer-to-peer and open source. You could go check the software yourself if you have the ability to check these things. And But, you know, I don't, but I know people who do, and they seem confident in it. It's... Uh, uh, Bitcoins, you can go find out more by going to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. But antiwar.com is having its fun drive, and they take Bitcoins now. Go to antiwar.freetalklive.com and donate to this worthy organization. They're the only ones out there that are reporting news that isn't slanted towards war. Antiwar.freetalklive.com to donate in Bitcoins. All right, 855-450-FREE. We're talking texting, and maybe you've got some experience with this. Maybe you're a parent, and you've got a, a young person in your family who is totally hooked on their cell phone, and it's affecting your ability to, I don't know, do things as a family. Uh, certainly, people have seen this when they go to the grocery store, for instance, or you know, out at a restaurant. You inevitably will observe young people just completely you know, absorbed in their phones. As in some cases, you might have seen earlier, uh, you know, a decade ago, maybe a young person with a handheld video game system. Game Boy. Or, yeah, Game Boy, perhaps, or something like that. Uh, you know, and some scientists are saying this is bad, uh, that you know, this is destroying people's social lives. Well, I was uh, talking to a friend here in town uh, yesterday, and she was talking about how her uh, grandson, who's some remarkably low age, uh, I think it was eight, um, wanted you know he he wanted to be able to text to his friends, and so his parents got him a, a cell phone, and uh, that. He, I guess he was having some trouble with the cell phone working. He couldn't text to his friends. Mm. And she had basically first said, you know, you're going to have to put that away while we're interacting because that's just not appropriate. And then when he could use it, um, it wasn't working for some reason. So rather than going to out to eat with his grandmother, which was what the offer was, he decided he wanted to go home so his mom could fix his cell phone mm. so he could text to his friends. That's affecting <laughs> one's social life. Yeah, I mean, sure. an eight-year-old grandmother, you know, I mean... How does grandma feel about that? She wasn't overly pleased. Indeed. So you're welcome to share your experiences with us here on this at 855-450-FREE. Dr. Roberts, uh, one of the folks who's been looking at this, and his team said that the, for the majority of young people, losing their phone would be disastrous to their social lives. At first glance, one might have the tendency to dismiss such aberrant mobile phone use as merely youthful nonsense, a passing fad, he said. But an emerging body of literature has given increasing credence to cell phone addiction and similar behavioral addictions. I admit it. I have a problem with Facebook. 
I, I, you know, put me in a program or something like that because I have a problem with it. I find myself on Facebook and I find my just myself just scrolling down, just scrolling down and looking at all. But do you the, find tr- you find yourself truly addicted? I mean, yeah, I do that too. But I, I feel like if I go away on a trip or you know go somewhere else, like I'm not, I'm not jonesing for it if i can't get on facebook i wouldn't say i'm jonesing for it if i'm not on facebook but if i'm in front of some sort of connected device and facebook is an option for me i will find myself there i'll see something on my email notices from facebook that'll be interesting and then i'll click in there and in some cases i'll get distracted from the original reason i even went to facebook by something else that i see on facebook that will take me away from the original (laughs) purpose and before i know it i've been there for 20 minutes doing various different you know little things, things on Facebook and I haven't done the original thing that I went there for and I probably don't even remember the reason why I'd originally gone there. Yeah, yeah I've done that right. many many times, uh, you know. I think it's a today. problem. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> me too. But uh uh I mean I don't think that that's the same thing as as an addiction because I think it's just filling in the old things that we used to do to like get things done. No, no, like to distract ourselves from getting things done. In other words, Maybe. in the past, you know, the way I might distract myself might might have been on, you know, you know, Fark or Dig or yeah. other sites that are now, you know, not as not as popular. I don't even want to compare Dig and Fark in that level because Dig is just completely defunct. Well, and Fark, every now Fark and then, is still awesome. You'll find something really, you know, worthy. I'll find some kind of show prep or something that was really useful. That you know, I'm glad I was there to see. Maybe I wouldn't have seen it otherwise, and you know, maybe it wouldn't have popped up in my other show prep methods and i happen to find something really useful and of course justifies the behavior for me oh well now that i found something useful this is this is okay (laughs) i can keep scrolling down and scrolling down and scrolling down i hear you brother (laughs) yeah it's a problem let's go to the phones greg's in indy listening to wxnt hey greg hey i just want to say i appreciate you guys spreading the message uh i wanted you guys to uh let us know how we can help support i think there's a few dollars we can pay uh, and maybe some websites you guys check out that we might not know about, and uh, maybe some videos you guys might watch that we might know about. And, Greg, your uh, check will be in the mail uh, after the show tonight. Appreciate that. No, uh, no, I, I've never... <laughs> Don't know why, you know, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to talk about that. Uh, it is the AMP program. That is uh, one way that listeners can get behind the show at amp.freetalklive.com. And it is five bucks a month. And it does help us out. It helps us get on more stations across the country. And uh, it helps us reach out to more program directors and, and, you know, spread Free Talk Live as far and as wide as possible. Also, you can shop with us at shop.freetalklive.com as well. Great way to get some holiday gifts for your loved ones and help Free Talk Live because we get a portion of the purchase price when you enter Amazon through shop.freetalklive.com. So those are two ways. And another one, of course, is to tell your friends to uh, listen to some Free Talk Live. You can also like us on Facebook. And speaking of a video, what's the uh, the message of liberty? Is that the name of the... The, the philosophy the of philosophy liberty? Of liberty. This is a really great video that you can uh, you know put up, link to on your Facebook or whatever yeah, sure. for your friends and family. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll put it up okay, on Free Talk like, Live now. That's the 10-minute one. It's, I think it's like eight minutes or something. I really, you yeah. know, it's funny that you say that because I've been wanting to uh, graphically redo that video for a long time. Because yeah, I it's like it. Too slow. Yeah, it's too Let long. It's just yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. You can go to freekeen.com if you go to the new page or the about freekeen. There's a few videos there. One of them's Adam Kokesh in two minutes. He really kind of nails it. Nails the, the ideas overviews. of liberty. There's a video section of the uh, the Free Talk Live Facebook profile. 
um, that I set up a long time ago, and I added a bunch of these to it. Oh, excellent. And there's, it's kind of hidden. You don't really see it because it's not one of those things that's like right out in, in your face, but it's there. LearnLiberty.org has that's a bunch of financial oh, yeah. stuff, and it's really, really great in that area. Greg, hope that helps, man. Thanks for your call and thoughts tonight. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yep, and uh, again, <laughs> if you want to find us on Facebook, you can quickly go to facebook.freetalklive.com, anywhere from the web. That'll pull, up, uh, pull us up. And click that like button, and then there's also, I guess you have to subscribe to our updates now, so if you click the like button again, or hover over it or something, and then you can like click subscribe to hmm. the updates, that oh, way you don't yeah. miss anything. Uh, so again, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control. Free Talk Live. Toll-free number. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site. We give them away. So they're yours free. You just have to go to freetalklive.com and enjoy, including archives. So if you missed a moment of the show, it's no problem. We've got them back for years and years. Uh, you can just go and click and download. Right there on the top of the site, you can get the last seven days worth easy access. And then if you click into the archive section, that takes you back into the uh, into the, the depths of years worth of the show. You can also go to our SoundCloud page, which is kind of a hip way to share audio online. Go to soundcloud.freetalklive.com, take you right to it. That'll actually give you access to both Free Talk Live and the Edgington Post episodes that Mark does here and there. Uh, Mark, have you done any Edgington Post this week? Not this it was week. Like a slow week. Normally, you do at least one or a few, few per week. A but. couple, a couple few a week. I've got one scheduled for Monday. Okay, um, cool. So you know, Good it's deal. been it's the holidays, man. What do you want? I don't know. I'm just asking. <laughs> uh, so, and and if you are on our website, freetalklive.com, and you want to reach SoundCloud, just go to, on the left hand side of freetalklive.com under Listen and Share. You'll find the SoundCloud link there, and then click the Share button on any one of our episodes to easily share it to your Facebook, Twitter, or your social network of preference. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and uh, the relationship that we all have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. All right, so I'd ask the question. <laughs> I just want to know how it felt, Ian, to, uh, to almost check your MySpace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said during the break that uh, MySpace has been purchased by Justin Timberlake, apparently, and is uh, going through a redesign that they're about to relaunch. It looks good. It looks like it could be potentially good. It does look good, uh, but it's got to be It's going to be hard for them to take market share away from sure Facebook. Sure is. Uh, well, they're so, letting people sign in with Facebook. Right. Yeah, that's really acknowledging you know who's the king of the hill, I guess, in that particular case. But no one stays on top for long. I mean, right. Facebook can't stay that's on a, top for that's long. That's not a rule. It's not a rule, but it's an observation. It's an observation, right? Yeah. I mean, it happens to all the big businesses. They get too big for their britches. They don't change appropriate to the times, and they crumble. Uh, so how long will Facebook dominate? My problem with Facebook is it changes too much. Shove a timeline mm. down my throat. Yeah. <laughs> so um, back on the texting topic here, we were talking previously, and we can get back to the social aspect, but I saw a neat tweet here from C.D. Howey. He's apparently crunched the numbers. We were talking previously, the federal government, the police officers associations yeah, are <laughs> lobbying uh, to have cell phone companies retain two years worth of texts. And apparently a number of companies don't 
hold more than five days worth or seven days worth. Some even hold nothing as far as your text, uh, the content of your text is concerned. C.D. Howie ran the numbers because we said that that in a a year's time, two trillion SMS messages are sent. He says it would take about 317 terabytes of storage space to store two trillion SMS messages plus the metadata, not including lookup indices. And then he uh, went on to say to adjust his number to 450 plus terabytes if you include the indices. Uh, so but that's what about a lot. video that might be attached to it? Well, you're right. He's only that's talking actually, about SMS. SMS. It's a lot of text, but it's really not a lot of – I mean, you think about terabytes. that, that's like $4,000 in investments in hard drives. For that many hundreds of terabytes, really? Is that yeah, they're that cheap it. these days? Two terabyte hard drive you can get for about ninety bucks now. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, so it's never really not that huge of an investment. Well, so I put that in a big closet. It still is a lot of data, and I just thought that was interesting that somebody took the time to run the numbers on that. The other question it's was, just, well, I mean, the other thing to think about that, what's scary about that is, is that they can save all of America's texts on, mm-hmm. on, in a hard, you know, in a closet in one office somewhere. You know, that's you know, we're getting to the point of where data collection is, you know, can become scarily efficient, which is really what that whole carnivore program is about, you know, saving everyone's phone calls. And then they can just go back and search through it later when they're looking for their particular target. Well, that's why I'm surprised. I mean, are they actually doing that? I mean, the carnivore program? Absolutely. That's why I'm surprised that they're not already doing it with texting. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. That is surprising. Either way, if I were you and you had something sensitive to send over texting, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Meet Anything me later that- in the woods. If you <laughs> ultimately have to, there are programs. There's actually not that many of them. There's one of them uh, for Android called Text Secure. That is an encryption program for SMS texting, mm-hmm. meaning that if you are viewing it from the outside, if you are not the recipient, the verified recipient, if you are just like the phone company looking at the messages, all they'll see is a jumble of encryption. Right. Uh, so there are ways to encrypt one's text. Stop texting. But how do you know the <laughs> That's text? That's my suggestion. Right. Stop texting and download an IM program for your smartphone. How do you know that the texting program wasn't written by the NSA? Right. How do you know there's not a backdoor uh, into it or something? I don't like know. That? Start just use an instant message client of some sort. Pre- well, preferably, you mean with like uh, like an uh, over the over the record or, yeah. or off the record OTR sure. encryption? Sure. Yeah, you can use you know encryption. But my point is really just to stop using texting because it's ridiculous. Use your data network. Just stop using texting so that they stop feeling like oh we can charge for this little thing that's you know it's it's just data but we're gonna treat it separately. Because mm-hmm. that gives them license to say, oh, well, you listen to music using a music app on your phone and music is different data. Or, you know, we're going to – you watched YouTube and YouTube is video and video is different data. So we're going to charge mm-hmm. you a video fee. It's like, no, text is not different. It is also data. And it is very small little data. You shouldn't be charging I agree. $5 a month. It's ridiculous, but apparently they can get away with it because yeah, people are so hooked on texting. And there is one other factor that comes into play. Typically, if that maybe you're not considering, typically, if you are roaming, you can still send a text. 
but you cannot get on uh, data services. You can't get an internet connection in most roaming kind of situations that I've seen because each cell phone company has to have interlocking agreements with, okay, are we going to allow other companies to use our data service? If so, how much will we allow them to use? And so there may be extra fees involved in that. And every time that uh, the companies, and and, and I don't know what all agreements they have, but if you're you're out roaming, let's say you've got AT&T right now and Mm -hmm. their signal sucks in New Hampshire from what I understand. So if you're out and you're getting a roaming signal, you're then maybe using Sprinter Verizon's network or something like that. AT&T probably has to pay Sprinter Verizon for every text that you send, or they have some sort of limit, or there's right. there's there's something there where there are increased costs that are associated with uh, with texting. But you're right. I mean, if you were to use like a Google Voice application on your phone, you could then send texts through the Google Voice application, but that would only be when you have a data connection, That's and it would not work in roaming. Actual- text messages I right mean, uh, my suggestion would be that people keep open you know an, er, their, whatever instant message client that they and that's cool but if, if i need to that. send a text if i need to send to someone and i'm roaming instant message isn't going to work right only text will work in a roaming right. environment i tend to use for now I've, I've started using facebook a lot to send people text text or instant messages mm-hmm. on because facebook so many people are just on facebook you know you can send them a message and they either they have the app on their smartphone or they're on it and it's like so now that's taking the, the the instant message share. You know, I remember back when it was like the big thing where it was like between ICQ and AOL. And like AOL. Was, and now AOL, you know, didn't they shut down the AIM division? <laughs> something, I don't know. I something. think they did, the AOL instant messenger. It was sold to Google. Google's Really? Phones, yeah. Mark Christian writes on Facebook in response to my question, is your phone destroying your social life? He says, phones already have. When you're out with a friend or significant other in public, it's pretty insulting when that person is paying more attention to their phone than the friend slash other person. All people do now is walk around and into other objects and people, staring <laughs> at that damn thing and playing with it. And I think that that's something you can observe. I mean, people are constantly. I was doing it today, walking down the street, you know, checking something on the phone. Uh, and I, it, it's something people do. And what, it, what do you think? I don't know if you guys have discussed Google goggles or, or, Google or heads up goggles. displays in general. Like Google goggles is the, you know, the first product that's really going to come out with this, uh, you know, uh, altered reality kind of, uh, augmented reality, augmented reality, sorry. And, uh, you know, have augmented reality and a heads up display. So you meaning actually... that you are looking through a pair of glasses in this case, right? And there's some sort of display on the glasses, but so it's transparent, right? Exactly. So you can still see what's going on around you. I think it's interesting. Focus on things. It'll give you information. Like I'm looking at this microphone, and it'll tell me, you know, where the microphone was purchased, or you know, information about it. How many? There's more coming up here. Eight five five four fifty free. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE. Still plenty of time for you and your thoughts here in the remaining moments of this edition of the show. If you don't get in tonight, it's no big deal. We've, we do it seven nights a week, so there's always plenty of time 
for you to call in about anything that might happen to be on your mind. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And don't forget, you can join us over on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy all the features that we have there, uh, and we give them all away. So enjoy at freetalklive.com. If you would like, you can support the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. There's a list of things that you can do there if you feel so inclined to help Free Talk Live get into more people's ears around the world. Uh, Go to promote.freetalklive.com. That's promote.freetalklive.com. Fox 32 News in Chicago reporting that a Northside family is furious over what they claim was an unjustified police shooting of their seven-month-old miniature bull terrier, Colonel Phillips, known to the neighborhood as the Colonel. Residents are also upset not just because police shot a puppy that they all knew, but also because the shooting occurred not far from a preschool on a street where pedestrians, including children, could have been hurt. The dog's father was a champion show dog, and his owners hoped he would one day be a show dog himself. They look like Spuds McKenzie. You've seen the Target yeah, ad. That's one a bull of the, terrier. One of those, but they're miniatures. Smaller. Oh, owner Al Phillips says of the breed. Sp- the Spuds McKenzie wasn't a big dog anyway. I mean, he's no. certainly stocky, but uh, I don't think they get much above. Small to medium-sized, I would say, right? Yeah. I, I, and I these dogs are smaller than that. Short, yeah. medium, yeah. So according to, uh, again, Fox 32 News, which has one of those lovely websites that refreshes on you as you're reading them. Uh, so on Saturday afternoon, the colonel became a target himself. He was shot by a Chicago police officer in front of his owner's gated north side home. Police were busy writing a parking ticket for a van belonging to Al Phillips, so Phillips came out to move the vehicle. Phillips explains, my little bull terrier followed me out. Then all I hear is, boom, boom, two shots. You shot the dog. He said one eyewitness, Charlene DeZago, told Fox 32 she had, uh, that she heard the officer warn Phillips about the dog being loose, but the officer never sounded like he was in danger. All of a sudden, I just heard him say, get your dog. And then the next statement was, get your dog. And then he just pulled out his gun and shot twice, said DeZango. Morgan Phillips, Al's daughter, rushed the dog to an emergency vet. He needed five hours of surgery. They took shrapnel out of his stomach. He had shell casing in his leg. It lacerated his muscle. We were going to show him, but we can't now, nope. Morgan says. While okay. Fox 32's Larry... So it sounds like he survived. Yeah. While Fox wow. 32's Larry Yellen was interviewing the dog's owners, two police officers drove by the home. Ninety minutes later, they came back and asked Phillips why he'd contacted the media. Then they gave him a ticket for not keeping Colonel on a leash. Right. So this is this is how it goes, folks. You know, I mean, the, well, we weren't going to give you the ticket, but then you contacted the media, so we're going to have to come after you. Well, they already right. gave him one ticket for having the car parked, apparently mm-hmm. somewhere where it was illegal to park, then shot the man's dog almost to death, and then decided to give him a ticket for contacting the media for some other BS. But you're right, that is how it works. They want to keep their activities as quiet as possible. They want to get away with murdering dogs because the dog happened to survive this particular uh, gunshot wound. But there are no shortage of stories of police officers around this country shooting and killing dogs. Well, let's not forget what this cost the family. I mean, let's think about it for a second here. Um, I don't know what it costs for the surgery to remove the, the bullets from this dog, but let's call it five grand. It might have been yeah. cheaper for the family if they'd have killed the dog. Sure would. Police spokesman says the shooting's being investigated by the Independent Police Review Authority, which investigates all police shootings. 
The Phillips family says they're considering a petition drive to have the officer who shot their dog taken off the streets. Well, I wish them the best of luck, but odds are good. The uh, police, even if you do get hundreds of signatures on your petition, won't give a flip about that. Who is the Independent Police Review Authority? I've never, yeah, I'm not familiar with this I've never heard of this organization either. So Good question. Some cities, strange. some cities have groups of citizen uh, oversight boards that will look into things like this. I don't know if that's what they're referring to in Chica- uh, the Chicago area, but that's a possibility. I mean, it sounds like it. They're usually toothless. Yeah, it sounds like an organization, you know, like, you know, it has like an acronym to it. It's it's just sort of interesting is I wonder how independent they really are and how unbiased they really are, you know. They also say that after shooting the dog, the officer put his gun back in his holster and calmly finished writing the ticket for their van. Mm. Real dirty Harry. Sick stuff, man. Your thoughts are welcome at 855-450-FREE. It's like, a, it's like an epidemic. It's hard to, you know, I mean, we've, had, we've said it so many times, um, and, you know, this behavior has to stop. Police officers, I mean, somehow or another, postmen, post people, mail carriers all over America, government workers that go up, you know, that spend their time going to people's houses can deal with the dog problem, but police officers can't. Right. Well, the difference is, is that the dog carriers don't have a gun to to rely on. The police officers do. And immunity. I mean, the the police officers can't really, there's not much that can be done to them. I don't think that they could do anything to the post people either, necessarily, um, if this was the case. But, you know, if they've got some kind of less than lethal thing, if you really feel threatened by the dog, taser him or uh, spray him with mace. You never hear about dogs being tasered. No. You never do because th- what this is is it's about a sick in the head cop that just wants to cause harm. He knows to he can kill a dog and get away, and get with, away it. with it, and he's it, just a sick. Bastard. It looks that way. I'm not going to propose what it to is. know, but I. It, but it looks that way to me. Otherwise, give me a break. This dog isn't much higher up than your ankles, dude. I mean, a little bit taller, but not much. There's a picture in this story, and we'll link to it over at uh, our Facebook and Twitter, so you can see it as well, and it'll also be on the Free Talk Live BBS. Where I mean, this is this really is truly sociopathic behavior, and every cop that shoots a dog, I feel, should be fired immediately. Just immediately, because obviously this that, that person, not right in the head. This poor puppy, I mean, it's, uh, it's, okay, it's not the size of a puppy, but it's a small dog. I mean, it's still seven months old. It's probably fully grown, but it's it's in its owner's arms here in one of these shots. Full height, and, but... Yeah, I mean, it, its height cannot be higher than half of someone's, le- you know, first part of their leg. I mean, this is a small dog. Right. It's easy to hold in one's arms and like it, a baby. And it takes no more effort to draw a can of pepper spray or a taser no. over a firearm. It just None. doesn't seem like it's worth it, but you know, the one doesn't get to pull out a gun, fire it two times, and look cool, sliding it back in, and continue yeah. to writing the ticket. If Sick. if it's t- if it's mace, you know, because everybody's gonna have to move away. If it's mace, it's messy. Yeah, Let's I go to the phones. Yeah. Robert's in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Robert. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? You know, Johnson brought up a really good point there. Uh, you know, to, to use you know pepper spray. Or, or even a, a stick would be a lot more humane than to, you know, to, than to use a gun. And I can see where this is going. Where, you know, uh, you know, somebody's going to end up, gonna, they're going to shoot a cop. It's, it's, that's what, that's what's going to happen. 
Some would suggest, Robert, that that's one of the reasons why police behave this way. It doesn't seem as likely in a situation where they're just writing a ticket. But if they're in, if they're uh, doing a home raid, let's say looking for drugs, it has been suggested that police will either shoot uh, dogs or cats or level their guns at the animals to get the owners to react in fear or anger uh, and, and frustration at the officer and lunge at the officer, perhaps. So the officer then has the excuse to shoot them. Those uh, that has been suggested, and I think it's believable yeah oh yeah there's, there's no quick it's like you just said Ian that they're taunting you know the public let's see how far we can push this and you know just have to be strong enough and not be able to do that you know I mean I worry about my own dog you know and my wife and I where where you know, we, we we you know we rescue animals we rescue dogs we love dogs yeah. and, and stuff like that and it just it just breaks my heart when I hear things like this. It's you definitely have a good evening. It's, thanks, thank you. thanks, Robert. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a power move. I mean, it's really them just. I'm better than you. Either uh-huh. that or he's scared of a seven-month-old miniature bull Ridiculous. terrier. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and uh, apparently throughout the, that goes throughout the neighborhood, so yeah. it doesn't sound the like Colonel. a very, uh, you know. They have a name for him. Petrifying dog. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't understand. Either he's scared of the dog because he just doesn't, ah, dog, dog, uh, or uh, he just wants to shoot something. That's I, all yeah, I can it come really, up with. I really feel like it is that. And, you know, I haven't said anything that's going to make me really unpopular tonight, so I feel like I should out bring it out now which is which is that i really feel like if they could get away with it they would shoot children i i don't know i think not i think that children are the one thing that uh, sort of is held up there as the uh yeah, the, the one pure thing in our society um whereas i, I get where you want that you're ta- you're saying that people want to use a gun that you know people that, that these cops that are doing this what they want to do is they want to lord their power and authority over people and make them feel helpless and angry because what these cops are are sociopathic bullies, mm. and they really are. They have a they have a, a problem interacting with hum, human beings on a normal level. It's not so, like they have to clean up the mess. It's, right. it's obvious. It's obviously not all cops that are doing this, but the ones no, that are no, doing no, it make no, me very disturb me greatly. There's plenty of them out there that do it, and the police department is behind them as well. Now that may be, you know, there may be people in their department that disagree with them, but the departments always close the investigation and say oh he's violent it's fine he was scared he was scared for his life so therefore it's fine to just blast away someone's peaceful animal it's wagging its tail at you see you tomorrow night freetalklive.com why did you move to the shire i moved here to the shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as i do i moved to the shire because i saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that i could get support myself it called to me like do this right now i wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.